Welcome to the Dark Academicals, the podcast where we delve into the mythos of dark academia one book at a time. I'm Sarah Purnell. And I'm Sophie Waters. And today we're launching season three with Lee Bardugo's Ninth House. Alex Stern can see ghosts. She has been haunted by them her entire life, and now at 17 she's found herself in a predicament, continue on her path of self-destruction until she ends up dead or in jail, or join Yale University as the college's new Dante, monitoring the often suspicious activities of Yale's secret societies. When a local girl is murdered close to campus, Alex just isn't buying the neatly wrapped up solution provided by the police and the school. She knows the kinds of darkness and rot that incredibly powerful people bring to the forefront, even without access to dark magic. But as she delves deeper and deeper into the lives of the societies, getting on the wrong side of some rich and powerful society members, she might just end up dead anyway. I was so excited that we picked this for uh, episode one. Yeah, it's such a a big novel. And Lee Bardogo has like a big, I don't know what the word is. Like she almost has a cult following, doesn't she, I guess. (laughs) So yeah, I think this is going to be a good start to a new season. But as there is a new season, we do have a few notices before we get stuck in. As usual, our spoiler warning. We will go into everything about the novel. We are not going to pull any punches on hiding the, the big reveals. So please be warned of that if you don't want to be spoiled. Come back after you've finished the book. Um, number two is our trigger warnings, which I totally forgot to prepare. I feel like the list will be quite long for this book. So Yeah, I'm just gonna go with like yeah. the main the, the main big ones. ones. Yeah. I think just to note for readers that this book is very dark and it does borderline on horror. I wouldn't say it's full horror, but it's definitely like leaning. It's on into the line, that. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So according to Storygraph, there are about sixty five thousand trigger warnings. <laughs> um but the main ones are sexual assault, um, drug and alcohol abuse, murder, death, violence, sexual violence, lots of gore and blood. I think they, they tick yeah. all of the all of the main yeah. boxes there. <clears throat> so just be warned when you go into the novel um that that is gonna be quite prominent in, in the novel. Would you like to announce our exciting news? I would, I would. I'm very excited about this because the girl loves a newsletter and (laughs) we now have one. So we are launching the Dark Academicals book club that will run alongside um, our podcast and you can subscribe and we'll give you fun things to read twice a month and there's giveaways. So you should do that. We'll also give you sneak peeks at... um what's coming in later seasons. You'll be the first to know about the new titles for the new seasons. And as Sarah mentioned, there will be giveaways. And obviously, with the launch of a newsletter, we need to launch with a giveaway. We need to start with a bang. So our first book club um, newsletter, which will be obviously about Ninth House to go along with this episode, we will be giving away a copy of Ninth House. So we are kind of doing this giveaway in conjunction with the publisher, Orion. So 
they have said that it is UK only for this giveaway, but all um, of our subscribers to the mailer will be entered into the giveaway and a winner will be picked in around a week after this goes live and we will contact you via email if you do win. So if you would like to subscribe to the mailer, you can go to the Dark Academicals Book Club substack.com to sign up for anybody who's already subscribed uh you may already know that there is a giveaway currently running for the 30th anniversary edition of the secret history the book that kicked it all off for us <laughs> and dark academia as a genre so we're really excited to not only get copies of this ourselves because we definitely have those pre-orders in um, but also to get um, a copy out to one of you just to say thank you for following along with the podcast and celebrate the mailer yeah so depending on when it is that you're listening to this that giveaway may still be running so definitely head over and subscribe to our newsletter and if you're already subscribed you're already in with a chance of winning cool i think that's all of our admin out the way <laughs> Now let's Sh- get shall on we to get going? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So, as this is the start of a new season, we've got a few little extra bits that we're adding in just to refine how we do this a little bit. So we're going to start off with why we chose this novel. And I think the biggest thing is that it is marketed as dark academia fantasy, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think at first it was. I, I do think... wonder if that was influenced by the reviews it was getting. Yeah, I feel like that is the case for this book. I think at first it was like a dark, definitely adult, because obviously Lee Bardugo is known for young adults, so they kind of took that adult line quite mm. hard. Um, it was her first adult novel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, when reviews were coming in and people were kind of saying, it's dark academia, it's giving me dark academia, secret history vibes, like... I think then the publisher kind of went with that. Yeah, definitely. And you can see that because, I mean, even just from the summary, you get secret societies, you get murder, you get, like, the rich and the powerful clash with, um, like, the the local townspeople. Like, that's kind of in your face immediately and that already ticks some of our boxes, doesn't it? Yeah. So we had to give it a whirl. I also oh, Sarah just really, had... really love Lee Bardugo, so yeah, it was a no-brainer was... for me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, you'd already read it and loved it, um, and it kind of ticked some boxes for you. Yeah. So I tried to read it before, um, and I did end up DNFing it at about 42%, according Ooh. to my Goodreads. <laughs> yeah, but I did enjoy it more this time. Um, it wasn't It wasn't a slog to get through. I did enjoy it more. I think it's it's one of those books that you have to read at the right time. I think so. Because it's very intense. It is. And I think actually I had a very different reading experience listening to it on audio this time compared to reading Mm. it physically. I loved both, but I think it's a very different experience because the narrator is just top notch. She's fantastic, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, She's really brilliant. So it's a split narration. You get... um... How have I forgotten her name? Alex. Alex. <laughs> Galaxy. Literally the series is the Alex Stern series. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Alex and Darlington. Um, yeah. But yeah, fantastic narration. It's very... Big thumbs up. 
very reminiscent of Donna Tartt's narration for the secret history for me the same kind of like rhythms I think yeah definitely spread. I think that's definitely stronger in the first half as well yeah I think it's one of those novels that has that kind of pivotal moment in the middle and kind of yeah. sets it off on a different type of novel yeah halfway through which is interesting but yeah so shall we mm. get started on what makes or doesn't make ninth house a dark academia title yes let's do it so if you um haven't listened to before and you want to know what on earth we're talking about basically um at the very beginning of the podcast we developed a kind of list of things or we call them like the tenets of dark academia mm. based on the secret history that we think makes a novel dark academia and every week we run through those um, elements and see how they work for these novels so if you want more information on these and what is dark academia as a genre if you go back um to one of our first episodes of the podcast we do a full introdu introduction to dark academia which will give you all of the information that you need so Definitely. let's get so started our, yeah so our first one is a higher education setting often on campus and usually elite or exclusive in some way i think yale university <laughs> ticks those boxes quite well yeah <laughs> I think so. It? Yeah. It's... I, th I think it's very obvious from Alex's point of view just how elite and exclusive it is because oh, she definitely. gets she gets in based on her ability to see ghosts. Mm -hmm. It's got nothing to do with like cuz she didn't even apply, you know. No. Like, I think Alex is interesting and I think we'll talk about this later about uh, in one of our later tenets that she is an outsider but it's interesting that she's not trying to get in, whereas usually yeah. in dark academia, it's it's the outsider trying to get into these secret yeah. societies and clubs, and Alex definitely. doesn't really want that, but she's thrown into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's, it's more survival for her, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's an interesting way to plant her as well in the academic sense, because it's an unusual approach to academia for dark academia, because Alex has no interest in academics. No. She doesn't care, and she's have, but she's having to learn and to teach herself how to be a student again because she had previously dropped out of um, school. Um, she's having to learn how to do this again in order to keep her position as Dante and keep herself, you know, fed and clothed and with a roof yeah. over her head because this is her. It's almost her last chance, isn't it? Yeah, and I think to even pull herself back. One of the lecturers even pull her aside at one point and say, yeah. "You're just taking all the easy, easy classes." Yeah, because she doesn't, she doesn't have any interest in this. She doesn't have any faith in her academic ability. She hasn't been in an academic setting for a long time, and I mean, even just the transition from sixth form to university, as it's someone hard. who is fully engaged, <laughs> fully in it, is tough. Let alone going from a high school dropout to Yale. Yeah, like that is that is a lot to not ask on, of anybody. Not only that, you're up until like three, four o'clock in the morning dealing with these societies and policing yeah. these societies, basically exactly. being and attacked expect, by monsters, <laughs> and then expected to go to your classes. Mm. Like it's it's a big ask. It is a lot, yeah. 
So I, I really did like that pivot of the perspective on academia. It's it's a chore for her. Yeah. So it's it's all so it's not really a part of the novel, is it? That side of the academics. No, it it's the, I mean yeah we'll get on to that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely a higher education setting you can't absolutely yeah. you can't deny can't deny it. that one yeah. <laughs> it's right there in the summary <laughs> yeah it's Yale exactly I think this oh is there I don't I'm have sure a physical I've seen a map copy somewhere I might be lying I think I was lying oh no there is a map there's a big okay. map of Yale University oh I love a map I know and it shows you like where all the um like societies, houses are and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I think all books should have maps. Agreed. All of them. Literally all, all of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think going along with that, you know, it's at Yale, the old Gothic architecture. Yeah, I mean... It's an instant from, tick, isn't it? Yeah, all you need to say is it's Yale and you kind of have... If you know even just anything about Yale, it's the architecture that's there. Yeah. And I, I think... Darlington takes great pleasure in kind of telling Alex about yeah. the architecture in the flashbacks. But um, there's also the added architecture. So you've already got the mm. the buildings that you already kind of imagine because it's Yale. Yeah. You've also got like Il Baston and the Hutch mm. and there's another one. And like there? the underground elements of it. Yeah. And the secret doors and the... Graveyards, <laughs> yeah, and the library in yeah. Lethe, like these these extra magical hidden parts of Yale. That when you, I mean, I've never been to Yale. My entire knowledge of Yale is mostly based on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at it, it it lends itself to secret passages and just, just secrets. The gothic. It's just yeah. very gothic, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. So it just it fits seamlessly with secret societies and magic because that's what the preoccupation is with so yeah. our normal like um tenet would be a preoccupation with classical studies latin greek literature philosophy but no they're obsessed with secret societies and real dark magic <laughs> like this dangerous like, dark magic yeah but i mean even the the uh Stud, no, sorry, but you can't really call it a study because it's not an official class. But I mean, Alex and Darlington are studying mm. it, and you know, Oculus just to be able to do their job, essentially. Yeah. Um, and the library, that magical library that oh, has I want it <laughs> endless texts on whatever you kind of want on whatever supernatural yeah <laughs> thing that you have to deal with. It's it is an ancient classical study in itself. That's like true, a, actually, yeah. Yeah, that's true, like a, I guess... It's like a created classical study. Yeah. Because it's, it's ancient. If and it has if, that history in the university as well, doesn't it? With the previous Dantes and... Yeah. You know, when these societies started, I think it's mentioned several times that they started in the late 1800s, isn't it? Yeah. Which I'm assuming is around where Yale became Yale I don't know I I really like the added uh, little snippets you get of like previous Dante's or previous yes. uh, House of Lethe members who you'll get like a paragraph or a page and it will be like an excerpt from a journal or a book mm. or something from a previous member and I really like those bits yeah I like that it really kind of grounds it in the history doesn't it yeah 
Yeah, I agree. So next up we have murder. Murder. Oh, there's there's a lot of murder. There is a lot of murder. But again, with a slightly alternative spin to it than how it is usually dealt with in Mm. dark academia. I suppose there is and there isn't. Because if if we're looking at it from... Uh, like the granddaddy secret history point of view, mm. it's very clear from the beginning that spoiler spoiler alert, if you haven't quite got the message about spoiler alerts yet, this is a massive <laughs> spoiler alert, that Darlington may or may not be dead or murdered and yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, that's where it starts with that kind of... It does start with a murder. You are, yeah. you are right, yeah. But, I was thinking more of Tara. Yeah. Who is the girl that is murdered, the local girl on campus that kind of... We start we start the novel there with yeah. Alex going to investigate this. But it's, it's a murder that, you know, our main characters are investigating, you know, having the, sec- the secret societies. Are they involved with this murder? And, you know, Alex and people investigating it are the good guys looking on instead yeah. of being involved in it trying to cover it up leading up to doing it themselves i suppose yeah so that outsider view isn't it a traditional view would be like she would be a member of the society that had kind of yeah been had a hand in that murder whereas exactly have her investigating it yeah it's definitely an an interesting because i don't think it's it's very much like a murder mystery fantasy dark academia (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's yeah. a melding of so many different genres isn't it that I in a way that it, we haven't looked yeah. at before it's definitely that in the first half and then the second half it just kicks up into a different gear as yeah, everything kind of falls into place mm-hmm. it kind of turns into a different story again yeah it does it's definitely a, a novel of it's got very clear parts hasn't it yeah um yeah. But there that is clear. murder. Murder, murder, murder. It's not just... There is. So there's potentially... You're led to believe that Darlington has been murdered or he's been offed in yeah. some way. And then there's Tara. And then you learn about Heli and you learn about the people mm-hmm. that Alex was uh, bunked with. I guess that's the only way I can kind of yeah. describe that group <laughs> of people. Um, who else is there? There is more, isn't there? So who ends up... There is the Dean... When the we find gets out it that he at the end, doesn't he? He is the naughty one. And the teacher, the French teacher, who yeah. is actually the ghost. The yeah, who's the ghost's wife. Daisy. Fiance. Daisy Daisy, which again, I'm sure we'll get onto later, but I thought that was an interesting kind of that when was they were talking so about... confusing to listen to on audio. I was like, what what is going on? When you when <laughs> when she like meets the bridegroom, it was very like and like he you kind of learn about him and kind of this fiance Daisy. It kind of reminded me a bit of uh the Great Gatsby. Ah, yeah, I can see that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Which is another title that we featured on season 2. Yeah, <laughs> season yeah. Two? That, no, it was season our, 1. Um, Season one. Season one? No, it was our Dark Academia adjacent. No. Oh, yeah, we did Dorian Gray last. Yeah. yeah. Season one. <laughs> we got there in the end. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's very true, actually. I didn't make that connection. Mm. Mm. So there's also lots of attempted murder as well. 
There's yeah. lots of really close calls, very dramatic, life-saving lots of, incidents. Lots of dark killy-killy trying to go on, isn't there? <laughs> dark killy-killy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly killy killy. Yeah, um, <laughs> especially of Alex. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't get a break, does she? No, <laughs> her life is constantly in danger. Yeah, which you'd expect because she doesn't stop digging, does she? <laughs> no, and I think it's really interesting if you look at it from the point of view that a lot of the time when Alex is getting attacked, it's unseen, and to me mm-hmm. that kind of speaks volumes of like crimes against women that go unseen and unheard because yeah. people it, it's it, people say literally in her case they they can't see it mm. but it's yeah. they don't want to see it i think that also kind of plays through with like the the class war that um lee bardugo is pulling on as well so yeah. you know the rich and the powerful don't see the demon like the demons and the struggles and what they do to the lower class classes. They don't see yeah. that. They just see it as someone who's gone a bit mad. Yeah. You know? Like and I think the same with um with Mercy when Mercy's attacked. Yeah. Because it all gets deleted, doesn't it? Yeah. No one is ever gonna know about that, but Mercy is gonna carry that for the rest of her life. Yeah. So I think that was a very clever way of kind of exploring those topics. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, it's probably not surprising that it has a dark, moody, and or haunting vibe with all of the murder and attacks and, yeah. you know, monsters. But it also has the vibe. Like, for me, it, does it have has the, vibe. the dark academia vibe, when, yeah. which we've talked about before, which you can't really put your finger on, but you know it when you read it. Yeah. Basically, if you've read The Secret History, you know it. Yeah. You know? And this has um, it. Yeah, it does. I do think it's stronger in the first half for me yeah, than the second because the second half just ramps up. It's just go, 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 go for yeah. like 150 pages. <laughs> you just you don't take a breath. And I think that comes at the slight loss of that vibe a little bit. Yeah. Because you, you almost can't, you can't really have both. No, but I think that's also because of the um, decision to go down like a fantasy supernatural yeah. route, it's yeah, going to have true. that flip eventually. Because it has to, doesn't it? It has yeah. to, yeah. yeah. So yeah, a really big tenet of dark academia is hero worship of a particular figure or author. So again, this is a slight deviation here um, with the approach to this. So there is hero worship, yeah. But it's not for an author, it's not for an element of academia. It's of Darlington. It is. Darlington is... Although Alex is the main character, everything comes back to Darlington. Yeah, everything she does is either... She's either kind of haunted by him, not literally, because that could be the case in, in Alex's yeah. case, but... um. Or she's doing it for him. Yeah. And because she wants to impress him. She doesn't want to let him down. You know? Yeah. I do also think there is um, a comment. Well, not not like a specific comment. More of a commentary, I guess. Of the hero worship of the rich and the powerful in society. 
Yeah. I think the way she highlights that through the societies and the people that have come out of those societies into extraordinary power. Yeah. Like, I think, I can't... She name drops so many famous people. Lots of them, I think, are a bit lost on us because we're not American. Yeah. But I do remember her um, mentioning one one or two of the George Bushes um, and kind of big people... In, in charge of huge kind of corporations and things. Yeah. And that's very... And it's it's a criticism. It's a sneery criticism of those people that, you know, potentially using black magic to work their way to the top. So it, it's very political in that way. Yeah. Which is a very dark academia move. It's that, that kind of political criticism. But coming from the other way, because we're normally in the head of the rich. Yeah. So I did. I did like that that move there. And I think that kind of goes into our tenet of old money, which old will money. collide with new money or no money. Money, 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 money. Exactly. Money. Need like a cash sound. Ching ching. <laughs> Yeah, that is definitely the case in here, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, Because Alex comes from a lower income background um, and she has entered into a world of privilege and excess Mm. and just downright greediness, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's, it's not just the presence of being in an Ivy League college, is it? It's, It's specifically the kind of people that are involved with societies yeah like for instance who's that chap that we meet he's like the doorman uh, like the first yeah is he called trip i want to say he's called trip. yeah trip and he's very much like like the atypical lots of money has never had to worry about a thing uh-huh. um jock idiot (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's almost like they have everything that they could ever need to survive so they go looking for more to put that risk in to put that that discomfort that fear yeah you know but it's never really a risk is it because if it goes wrong they just go back to their life of luxury yeah that's true and i guess that's that's really kind of hammered in when we find out that you know when they um, steal the drug that leads to the assault of Mercy and countless other girls on campus that we don't even really know how far that stretches and it's like oh yeah they'll get fined well it's not a punishment because money doesn't mean anything to them they'll just be allowed to go back to doing whatever they were doing and then it'll be all covered up for them again yeah because there's this, uh, was it called, is it Mighty? Or Mitri? Or... I can't remember. But anyway, it's a drug that basically is it's a compulsion drug. You can make someone do whatever you want. You can. Yeah. Um, and it leads to the assault of lots of girls on campus, including one of Alex's roommates. And, yeah, the, the punishment for that is basically non-existent. Yeah. So, 
notes and that is a very clear kind of look at the difference between the, the classes here isn't it because Alex's experiences with ghosts and all that did was tip her further down didn't it yeah because she didn't have that cushion it's a cushion isn't it really yeah and even though she kind of takes it upon herself to kind Mm. of bring some kind of justice to her friend and roommate it's only then that it's kind of taken seriously because yeah she records him doing something really gross Um, (laughs) and then and then it's a problem but it's not really a problem that all these girls have got their Mm. abuse recorded and shared around campus she has to play games on their level in order to make it a problem for them doesn't she yeah like normal justice and normal rules of what is right and wrong do not apply to them because their their money and their privilege puts them above basic human rights and law unfortunately so that is that is a a really strong thread running running throughout isn't mm. it the next one is your favorite weather weather <laughs> as a literary device and there isn't a whole lot of weather happening i feel like but it's a presence there's background weather <laughs> yeah it's not in your face no it kind it's... of adds to the ambience because this is quite yeah. obviously a book set in autumn and winter yeah definitely so it's cold and snowy and wet and gloomy most of the time and alex mentions several times that she's well she's cold doesn't she yeah but it doesn't do anything to the story it doesn't it doesn't have a role in the plot it's not it's not part of the setting it's It's not like that that one winter in the secret history that has an effect on the whole (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing Yeah, yeah definitely I mean, it's in the first line, isn't it? Of mm. secret yeah, it's it's a presence. And as you said, it, it kind of intensifies the atmosphere and it paints the picture, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that time of year, I don't know whether that's just, again, a Gilmore Girls thing, but that is the type of weather I associate with Ivy Leagues. Yeah. Is autumn yeah. and winter. It's that picturesque. Those first kind of semesters at, you know, yeah. at university, at college, um, everything's kind of new, but it's like a, yeah, it it's, it's, it's a vibe. change, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also the best season. Autumn is the best season. It is. And then our final tenet of Dark Academia is underdeveloped social skills or the protagonist is portrayed as an outsider. I thought I was going to yawn in the middle of that word, so (laughs) that was a result. (laughs) I think Alex definitely doesn't have any underdeveloped social skills. She's very... she's. Well, I mean, she's had to kind of um, become quite quick uh, to respond and be able to kind of talk her way out of almost anything it's um, fight or flight basically isn't it for yeah. alex yeah and she's often you often see her kind of um 
kind of like exciting people with the, her responses. So like mm. they kind of expect her to respond in a certain way and, and yeah. then she responds in a different way and they're like, ooh, like they don't expect it to come She tests their expectations, doesn't yeah. she? Um, and I think like, I, I don't know whether technically Darlington would be a protagonist, but I feel like him and Alex are almost dual protagonists. Not quite. Yeah. And Darlington, I think, doesn't have underdeveloped social skills at all. But like Alex, he is portrayed as an outsider, but in a very different way yeah. to how Alex is an outsider. Yeah. I think Darlington enjoys it. Like he Yeah. He loves his position like as Dante and then as Virgil. Like he He's the gentleman of Lethe. Yeah. He is and the he takes that Lethe. as a badge. <laughs> because he is different and he is special, isn't he? And his academic prowess in that area, you know. He knows I everything think, about these societies. I think with Darlington, it's interesting to see uh, how his uh, flaws or cracks in his personality come out because he's on the surface, he is just so polished. He's yeah. academically astute. He's physically fit. Um from what we like can see from Alex's perspective, he's an attractive, mm-hmm. attractive person. Um, he has everything. Yeah. But then as the novel goes on, because we obviously assume that he's, you know, he's also one of these super rich, privileged. Yeah. And while that's the way he grew up, him saying, I'm not going to take part in this show anymore leads him to be cut off and he has to make his own way obviously yeah. still with the privilege of having you know this house left to him yeah you know, he has he does have a leg up um but he's almost a bit more gritty and a bit more i don't know comparable to alex in that way through that yeah. kind of lessening of his station but it doesn't change the way he presents himself or is presented to the rest of the world into Yale. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's still from that, uh, the big name family, isn't he? Yeah. And I think you can see, like, the way he presents himself is, as as the gentleman of Lethe is very important to him. So mm-hmm. whenever that kind of slips, he's mortified. Yeah. Like, at that um, party where he's under the compulsion of, yes. their, of their spell or whatever it is. And yeah. he ends up becoming, well, feeling very amorous towards mm-hmm. Alex. And he is mortified. And Alex is what? just like, eh. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Do you know what that makes me think of? What? Do you remember in the Vampire Academy series by Rochelle Mead, when they get, when um, Rose and Dimitri get the enchanted, yeah. is it a necklace? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a necklace, isn't it? (laughs) And they they realise, actually, maybe they do like each other. (laughs) It really reminded me of that. Because that is one of my favourite scenes in that series. (laughs) Just flashing back to to the old school vampire novels. We love it. Uh, Speaking of old school vampire novels, the anthropomorphism of the house also reminded me of the glass house in Morganville. Oh, yeah. By Rachel Kane. I see that. Yeah. Mm. So the house, I can't think what it's called. Is that Il Baston? That Il Baston, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a safe house for, for Lethe. 
and it it seems to respond when Alex is in danger, when Alex is hurt, when she needs to be kept safe. It she always says it feels like the house is, you know, reacting to her. Yeah, and it's I guess it's that because it's under wards, isn't it, and protections. Mm. Um, yeah, it just felt very similar to the glass house in Rachel Kane's Morganville Vampires, which if you haven't read. Highly recommend. <laughs> if you need fifteen books to get your get your teeth into. If you just need a need a couple of books to keep you quiet over the weekend. The Morganville Vampires have got you sorted. <laughs> I think that's all of our all of our tenets. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think we're gonna go into criticisms and interpretation of isolated elements. Yes. So I have a big issue. A really big issue that did tamper my enjoyment of the novel and knocked it down some star ratings, I have to say. And it's so again, trigger warnings. If you have any of the trigger warnings that um, or content warnings that are we did mention in the book, I'm about to talk about the biggest one. So just another heads up. Um, It's the sexual assault in this novel. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was gratuitous and unnecessary and too graphic and it didn't need to be there. I feel like Bardugo was trying really, really hard to be super dark and gritty and move away from her YA personas and novels and she took too, took it too far. Hmm. In a novel that tries to defend women and prioritise kind of other voices in a way i feel like it didn't have to be sexual assault in either of the two major on page graphic depictions of it affecting both mercy and alex Mm. it didn't need to be there it could have been something else and i did lose a little bit of respect for bardugo in the way that they were dealt with, I have to say, because they were horrible to read and they just, yeah, it was just gratuitous for me. I can totally see your point. I definitely agree with you with the second one with Mercy. Like, I felt like that was just, it. you got enough of an idea from, like, the first kind of bit, like, the first mm-hmm. bit where she watches the first bit of the video. Like, that was enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. when it went into more, I think that was unnecessary because you kind of got, you you definitely got the idea from that first. Yeah. I don't even think we needed to, you know, see the video. I no, think Alex true. could have watched it off page. Yeah. I don't think we needed that level of content of it. I was less, uh, that's not the right word to say, say less disturbed because it is disturbing. The scene with a young Alex and the ghost yeah the ghost. in the bathroom but for me it it comes back to what I was saying earlier about these kind of crimes against young girls young women mm-hmm. that go unseen yeah and people refuse to see it um I, I, I get where you're coming from mm. with that I do I do see that yeah but it just it, it could have been something else. It didn't have to be a sexual assault. No, true, but I think that it 
can have a powerful message as well. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. It, it definitely can. Yeah, I don't know why. I just got really hung up on how I felt that they were unnecessary. Mm. It didn't... For me, it didn't add anything to the plot. It didn't add anything to Alex's character or motivations in a way that couldn't have been done in a different way, I guess. Mm. I see. So, I see. yeah, it just felt like a bit of a trying too hard to be mm. dark and edgy, I guess. And it is her first adult novel. And she was trying to move away from the Grisha world. And yeah. I, I get that. But, yeah, it just didn't... It didn't sit right with me. And I did actually kind of... I thought I was being a little bit dramatic when I spoke to you about it. So I did actually look... I, I kind of flicked through some reviews on Goodreads. It has a really high rating. It is beloved but so many of the re reviews did actually agree with yeah did agree i with mean it, i can so. i can see it but i i'm personally i understand well from my understanding of like yeah. the first one mm. the second instance i think we could have easily done without yeah it didn't need to mm. be there yeah definitely it's just mm. yeah so that is probably the biggest thing i would say if you are if you if you've made it this far into the podcast episode <laughs> and you haven't read the book then um yeah just be wary <laughs> and also is there any point because we've told you everything that happened yeah but you know <laughs> that's for you to decide because it, it's a great book okay apart from that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we've kind of spoke of daniel Pretty arlington much. enough and daniel Gal arlington. galaxy stern yeah such a good name it's they're a both, bad name but it's a good name they're both very strong characters i think we could definitely say that about the main characters they're both they're both very strong, strong. yeah they have and a good I, presence yeah i'm really hoping for hellbent that we get a more of a kind of like current on page yeah um dynamic between them because obviously we only see through Darlington's kind of perspective before mm. he disappears. And I'd yeah. like to kind of see them work in the current narrative. Yeah, I think that's something that was missing for me as well, was that um, relationship between them. Because you get glimpses of it. It's, but like sometimes this novel starts in a strange place. I almost kind of would have preferred it to start at the beginning of the semester. Yeah. So we see like their relationship we see everything that they kind of learn and go through and all of alex's training and i i would have quite enjoyed to see seeing that actually yeah i quite like where it starts that it is all just literally straight gone to hell yeah <laughs> yeah it has <laughs> yeah that's interesting so final thoughts is it dark academia yes I agree. Yes, it is. <laughs> but more so the first half than the latter. Yeah. Me. Yeah. But yeah, I would say this one is actually Dark Academia. How long has it been since we said that? <laughs> I can't <laughs> Too <remember>. long. <laughs> Gosh, I don't even know. Possibly Madam. <laughs> yeah. Might be. It's been a while. I don't know, though. Uh... Yeah, I think it might be, actually. <laughs> like looking on my shelf at the titles. I'm like, actually, it might be Madden. So well done to Ninth House. By well Lee done, Bardugo. Ninth House. What you a pick for the first episode. You broke our dry spell, I know. <laughs> I mean, 
hopefully the only way is up from here. Is it I hope keeps so. going up? We don't want it to go back down. We started on such a high. Let's hope we, we don't drop back down <laughs> to earth. So our next episode, episode two, is going to be about Bunny by Mona Award. We call them bunnies because that is what they call each other. Seriously, bunny. Samantha Heather Mackey is an outsider in her small, highly selective MFA programme at Warren University. In fact, she is utterly repelled by the rest of her fiction writing cohort, a clique of unbearably twee rich girls who call each other bunny. But then the bunnies issue her with an invitation and Samantha finds herself inexplicably drawn to their front door, across the threshold and down their rabbit hole. Blending sharp satire with fairy tale horror, Bunny provides a hilarious look at the dark side of female friendship from one of fiction's most original voices. I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. It's meant to be really, really weird and freaky. So I'm I'm excited for this. Mm-hmm. And it comes up on literally every Dark Academia list ever. It does. So I mean, it has to be. It ticks having... some boxes there. Having already. read a few pages already, I can definitely say it's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid start. <laughs> right. So that will be in two weeks' time. Come back for an episode on Bunny. There will also be corresponding um, episode. Not episode. It wouldn't be an episode. No. What would it be? An edition of the mailer, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> to correspond with the book. So... Just another shout out for our mailer. So if you wanted to sign up um, and you can get all of the extra info, gossip and fun giveaways. Um, if you head to the darkacademicalsbookclub.substack.com to sign up, we would be most grateful. And in the meantime, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.